Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today, we discuss about scaling business, how you can grow your business, how you can scale it. It's interesting for me, by the way, because um, it's hard to scale business that you have. For example, you can spend a few years uh, just to be in one place, uh, nothing changes. That's why I decided to discuss this topic with uh, John Etrich. Am I right to pronounce your name? Etrich, that's it. You've done a very good job, Anatoly. Cool, cool. Okay, uh, before we start, introduce a little bit about yourself, your background, because when I check out your LinkedIn profile, yeah, Im- impressive, you know, uh, you have extended experience in this topic, and I'm excited to learn more about you. Thank you, and uh, it's a pleasure to be on the uh, on the show today. So uh, I started a digital trade credit platform 32 years ago. So the idea behind it, Anatoly, is to gather business owners together in one community, in one marketplace that allows them to do business with one another before they look outside that group as a preferred supplier community. And the, uh, the background to the whole thing is that you turn otherwise wasting spare capacity into held value in the form of a digital trade credit to then go and use to buy goods and services Wherefore, you then save the cash that you would have spent on those services by using the digital trade credits. Yeah, yeah, great, great. Okay, uh, I have the first question. Uh, most um, people uh, fail to get results uh, with their uh, businesses. Uh, probably 95% of people uh, can't get results. Uh, what is the main reason why uh, so many people can't, can't get results uh, with their businesses? Yeah, so statistically speaking, up to 80% of all businesses globally will fail in their first five years. Mm -hmm. So they won't make five years, these of all startups. And I write about this extensively and speak about it. And I call it why some people in business survive despite their best efforts not to, and the rest fail. And there, there are a couple of reasons. And even for the successful businesses, they don't stop to consider and measure their marketing. They don't do data capture. And I use plenty of examples of this Anatoly. Uh, You know, I speak about a restaurant that I went to recently and I went in, had a lovely meal, had a great time, uh, got great service, had nice food, everything else, paid my bill. When I walked out the door, I realised that they had done no data capture. They still don't know who I am to this day. They didn't get my email address. They didn't do that sort of stuff. Not only did they not do that, they didn't give me an invitation to return. So, you know, there's been no uh, offer because they didn't have any data. There was no offer at the time. So even though it was a great experience, I still haven't been back there. And then the last thing they did is they didn't ask me the buying motivation as to why I went to that restaurant in the first place. What was the thing that told my brain that I need to go through that door for the first time? And that could be a number of things. And it may not be reputation, it might not be an ad in a paper, it might be something really silly. Um, And in my case, there was a sign saying, come and try our new pizza ovens. And (laughs) it was just something that clicked in my brain. And if if they did a survey and all of a sudden 30% of the people responded it was because come and try the pizza oven, then you'd surround your marketing around the pizza oven as a silly example. So that's, 
you know, people do things, they set up successful businesses, but they do dumb stuff um, that that could, you know, double or triple their turnover. And then, of course, other people make a lot of mistakes and, and the list is how big, you know, they don't do enough marketing or they don't uh, explore their market prior to entering it or their management structure is is uh, is weak or they uh, keep doing things that they don't like and are not good at. So they might be a good uh, person who makes pot plants, but they hate uh, accounting they're, and they're mm -hmm. not good at IT and yet they struggle and spend hour after hour doing things that, that take a lot of time that they don't do well. So instead of outsourcing that to someone who does like those uh, activities and does them well, uh, better and concentrating on selling pot plants, then that's the reason why they never get to market. And then the last reason is that most people in business don't consider themselves as salespeople. And my advocate, uh, I advocate that every person in any organisation should consider them be, to be a salesperson because without sales, that's the number one issue why every business fails is they don't make enough sales. Yeah, yeah, valuable, valuable. You know, for example, um, um, if we uh, take any business, uh, how to find all these uh, failures uh, uh, that you might have? For example, uh, uh, I'm your client. Uh, I come to you and uh, help me to grow my business. Uh, you analyze uh, all uh, these things that you can see uh, from the visible side. You spend time with my business or uh, you have uh, some different tools or methods to analyze them. Yeah, so in addition to providing coaching, mentoring and other type services, communities, networks, uh, we do a lot of networking and, and hold a lot of events. I think I was telling you about my global shows yeah. that I do. So um, everything to get known. So those sort of strategies are things that you should be uh, should be focusing on, on, on how to connect up with other people. Um, but, you know, they're the, they're the main things. If, if you're not uh, focusing on doing some of those things correctly, then you're not operating your business as efficiently as what you could be if, if you were focusing on those things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, once I read interesting insights from Toyota uh, and uh, when something uh, goes wrong, uh, Toyota stopped all uh, productions, processes and people don't understand what's going on, what they need to do. And uh, they uh, uh, at that point they can find what uh, failures, uh, what they can fix, uh, because it's hard to do in production. Uh, I, I, I got your insights and um, just want to share this example. Okay, uh, tell me about uh, analyzing competitors. Uh, how you can help uh, other businesses to analyze uh, their competitors? Uh, they probably do, you know, spend some time to analyze uh, and uh, find uh, ways uh, to create their unique selling proposition, but they can see the full picture, how you can help them. Yes. So too many businesses, Anatoly, focus on their competitors, in my opinion, mm -hmm. whereas the total pie is where you should be focusing on. So the total pie is uh, the amount of uh, revenue that's created globally in your sector. So where can you focus on increasing the size of the pie? That's a question mm -hmm. I'd ask everybody. The other thing is, if you focus on other competitors, all you become is a follower. So mm -hmm. in order to beat up your competitors, if you're a leader and you're providing things that your uh, 
creating a offset for the pain that your customer is going through and your solution that solves that pain, if you focus on that and delivering service to your customers rather than keeping an eye on competitors, to me, that's always been uh, the, the best strategy. And I have a saying that says, my biggest competitor is ignorance of who I am and what I do. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. You know, it's like uh, uh, Elon Musk with Tesla. Yeah, he didn't try to uh, overcome Toyota, Mercedes-Benz, and he pro- probably didn't do it <laughs> uh, to compete with them on their fields. Yeah, he found what they ignore. Uh, I usually provide the same strategy uh, for SEO. You know, for example, when uh, I get my new uh, clients, they ask me how to steal traffic from my competitors, how to uh, get this ranking positions. I reply to them, don't do it because they are strong with that. They spend some time uh, to earn authority, trust, uh, and uh, why we need to compete with their strong sides. It's better to fight their weaknesses. You know, when you know their weaknesses, you, you know your unique selling proposition, you can overcome them with the right strategy. Yeah, very good approach. Okay, tell me how to encourage um, employees, uh, for example, uh, in different companies uh, to be more effective, productive, uh, and provide much better results. Yeah, and that, that's a long and winding road. So it starts with finding the right uh, staff or employees in the first place. And so I have a couple of sayings in that, and it says always be recruiting, Mm -hmm. even when you don't need to. So what that means is that you're already planning, you already uh, got a list of candidates before you need a candidate. Mm -hmm. Where most people go wrong is that they only look for a candidate once they need it, uh, need one. And, uh, And then you're in panic mode. So you're then sifting through a number of CVs and you're picking the best person, even though the best person in the six that you've whittled it down to may not reach your standard. So, you know, that's the number one thing. So when you've got the right staff, then you need to look after them. Now, involving staff is a a big, uh, big business. So whether it's perks, whether it's wellness bonuses, whether it's incentives. I always like to employ staff on a basic salary that meets their basic needs, Mm -hmm. but with a bonus structure that gives them the opportunity to double, triple, five, ten times their basic salary on performance and outcome. Now, so I always employ people that want uh, ego, they're ego-driven, they like to be the winner, that are money-driven, that they like to make the money. They're good people. They like to show that they're good people. Um, so all the traits, uh, other than just money, because money's about number five in motivation for staff, and there are many things on that. In fact, the other thing that I try and focus on is to make sure that they get on well with their line manager, because the number one reason staff leave a business is that they don't get on with their immediate line manager. Uh, the, the person that they're uh, they're with. So we have regular meetings. We have team bonding sessions. I just had half my staff out on the Thames River uh, skeet shooting. Um, so they were they were had shotguns and they were shooting uh, shooting skeet and doing some fishing on the Thames last week. As an example, we've just put on a Christmas hamper competition, so they can win a five hundred pound uh, Christmas hamper if they meet uh, KPIs. Some of them are team led. Some of them are individual. So. Uh, yeah, you know, they're just some of the strategies of uh, keeping people happy. 
Yeah. Uh, on your LinkedIn profile, I found that you uh, spend some time with cash flow. Uh, I mean, like uh, you can help um, to uh, uh, with accounting uh, or just uh, predict uh, the future income. Can you share more insights about that? Yeah, so cash flow, uh, cash is king, as they say. Um, so everything, cash flow is like a river, isn't it? You've either got to make it rain upstream or put a bigger dam up to follow, stop the water going downstream to have more cash in your particular part of the river. So uh, people that focus on sales helps it, help it rain upstream. But then if you focus on expenses and, and put a bigger wall up, uh, then you get uh, a better cash flow. So again, with spare capacity, if you capture and monetize spare capacity that, that would have otherwise been wasting, whether that's an unsold hotel room if you're a hotelier, whether it's the ability to take on another client if you're a lawyer or an SEO expert, um, if you can capture and monetize some of that spare capacity and then put it into marketing, for instance, sales, uh, sponsorship, promotion, PR, advertising, all that web-based stuff, because most businesses should spend 7 to 11% of their total turnover on those activities because that will drive uh, leads into your sales team. The trouble is with a lot of businesses is that they don't spend anywhere near 7 to 11% of their turnover on all forms of marketing, which directly drives new business in. And the reason they don't do that is because of a lack of budget. And mm -hmm. so if you can turn 7 to 11% of your turnover that was spare, unsold, worthless capacity into value, which is what I do, and then spend that uh, result on marketing, then that's a massive way of increasing cash flow. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, um, I, I remember when uh, I listened to audio podcast with Gary Vee. And he uh, shares something like this about uh, uh, it's not more about investing, it's more about savings <laughs> when you uh, save money, even uh, with the uh, simple example, not buying uh, a cup of coffee. <laughs> no, yeah, you can save uh, a few dollars and uh, you can you don't need to take loan uh, a few dollars uh, the next time. And you can invest them, you know, uh, in your processes and improve uh, revenue. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of mm -hmm. the things that many businesses don't do, Anatoly, is to measure their spare capacity. So by way of an example, if you ran a hotel and it had 100 rooms and you sold every room for 100 pounds a night and you had a 50% occupancy, that tells me that you've got a good business. You're making $5,000, pounds, euros, whatever a night. But it also tells me, that you've got $5,000, pounds or euros of potential capacity that's going to waste. Now, yeah. <laughs> if you sold some of those with some strategies, and that's what I help businesses do, and you can do that cost-effectively at maybe 10 or 20% of the cost of, uh, of uh, other expenses, then none of your fixed costs rise in business by selling the spare capacity, other than in the hotel's case, a bar of soap, a squirt of shampoo, an egg and bacon for breakfast. So <laughs> if you can capture some of that revenue and apply it to cost saving measures, then you're 80 to 90% up on cash flow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, can you uh, tell me about technical uh, uh, aspects? I mean, like uh, when you uh, come to a new business, uh, do you ask them, please share your accounting documents, uh, uh, your revenue, your cash flow. I, I want to check it out or you start from the process. Yeah, so if I'm investing in a business or if I'm looking mm -hmm. at a business, then 
um, you know, the first thing I look for is the business plan and, and most businesses should have three business plans, one for the bank, um, one for the tax man and, and mm -hmm. one for reality. Um, whereas <laughs> most businesses uh, don't have any business plan to start with. So that's the first thing that's missing. The second yeah. thing I look for is monthly accounts. So where are the monthly management accounts? And again, uh, nine times out of 10, uh, the company won't be delivering monthly management accounts. And therefore, you know, if they're any size, and I'm talking in UK terms, if they're, you know, perhaps uh, two to 300,000 plus of turnover and got a couple of staff and they're not having monthly management accounts, I would then seriously question the strategy that they're uh, conducting with their financial arm, whether it's uh, the accountant probably at that size, if they're a little bit larger than that, their FD, why aren't they producing those figures? It's like driving a car and not seeing a petrol gauge. Mm -hmm. you, know, you don't know whether you're going to be out of fuel or not. So, you know, Lewis Hamilton, when he's driving around, has all sorts of technical information on his dashboard and so does his backup team. So does your business have a dashboard with all the pieces of information and do you have a backup team that uh, that can allow you to focus on what you actually do to earn revenue. So there's there's one thing that I look for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, you know, it's the same with marketing. Uh, uh, most of sites uh, have no the right strategy. You know, they just create content and uh, want traffic, but uh, they can't unite uh, traffic and content. You know, because uh, content uh, should uh, reply to uh, users' questions. Uh, to satisfy Google, you know, <laughs> to provide many other insights. Uh, and yes, um, it's the same with marketing. I like it. Uh, okay. Um, in your profile, I found about management. Uh, can you tell more about poor management, how to fix it uh, and uh, how you uh, uh, find in new business that uh, it's poor management, it's better to uh, provide something to change there? So, uh... Poor management starts with the person that looks at you back in the mirror every morning. So every person who runs a business, the, the buck has got to stop with you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a few strategies on that. Uh, do you read enough? Do you uh, watch your podcasts? Do you, uh, what, what, what other personal development do you do as the owner, runner, founder, CEO of the business? So how much time are you working on the business compared to how much time you're spending in the business. And, you know, that's an old quote, but quite often too many people spend too much time in their business and they then don't see the wood for the trees. And so you need to stand back from your business to be able to see some of the things that an observer might notice who has nothing to do with your business. And that's where a coach can come into play. So I fully recommend a coach. And I'm, I'm not talking someone that got coaching degree by reading a book. You know, have a look at the credentials. What have they done in their life? What, what are the actual outcomes that they've uh, created? And if you've got the right person coaching you, it'd be like Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, <laughs> if, if, if I was Oli uh, Gunnar Sanashar, if that's how you pronounce it, then I'm not going to teach Cristiano how to kick goals. He knows how to mm -hmm. do that backwards 10 times better than anybody else on the planet. Yeah. However, is his head right? Does he practice right? He probably does a lot of that himself. How's his technical? How does he work in with other players? How does he react when he gets left out of the starting team, which is a topical point last week? So how can I work on the other side of Cristiano other than his technique and his, uh, and his ability to, to focus on the job? So what other value adds can I do 
as a coach to run the either the enterprise, the business, the, 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 the management team? How can I create a different environment? And I have a saying that a fish always rots from the head down. So the head is always the first thing to rot. So if you're the head of the organisation, make sure your head is clear. And therefore, that will then follow down into the culture of the rest of the organisation. Yeah, yeah, valuable. Uh, what about um, toxic environment? Uh, I, you know, um, uh, I think that uh, I had um, uh, such experience, a bad experience, but uh, that was learning. Uh, when uh, I thought that I don't need to uh, uh, to fix toxic environment between people because uh, they are the adult they should uh, talk to each other to find uh, what's going on but you know when a few key players left my company uh, i got it no way <laughs> i need to do something with that uh, and to spend time uh, on the meetings ask them what's going on uh, i share uh, one day a week you know to talk to them to ask uh, uh, what we can do how to fix it uh, uh, how you can feel that uh, a toxic environment exists in, uh, uh, in new companies that you want to fix? Yeah. So a toxic environment's not caused by the environment and it's not caused by the company. It's caused by the people within yeah. the company. So there are two types of people, those that need a pat on the back and those that need a kick up the butt. Uh, they respond differently and, and uh, in, in life. What I've always said, though, is isolate the sniper. Now, the sniper is the one that's always negative. The sniper, when you put forward a new plan, is always find a reason not to do it rather than a reason to do it. The sniper is always the person that's super critical of anything that happens. The sniper is always the someone that's going behind someone's back in order to create an environment. So my first thing is, is get rid of the sniper out mm. of your organization so as soon as you see it more than once that a sniper will always be a sniper they'll never ever be anything different you can't train them you can't motivate them and you can't hypnotize them or any other method exit them quickly out of your in business now if they're not in your business and they're on your social media yeah, and we've all seen people on social media and when you read their their responses it's always toxic block them delete them and if they're offensive report them but get rid of them never reply to them get rid of them just block report if necessary but remove toxicity from your environment and what you'll have left is a good environment yeah you know uh once i read the insights from uh seth godin and uh he uh he shares that uh, he uh doesn't read reviews from Amazon uh, books, uh, his reviews, you know, uh, from uh, 2011. <laughs> he stopped doing this because he uh, couldn't satisfy everyone. And uh, uh, a lot of hating comments are there, but people uh, uh, just found uh, the book that they uh, don't need. It's better to search for another book that you like more, adventure book or uh, any other books. Uh, and uh, uh, people often um, are searching about, um, uh, they want to get secrets. Share secrets, how you can get results. Secrets don't exist, you know, it's hard work and uh, find the right implementation, how you can provide all of them. Okay. Yep. Uh, and, and, and 
focusing on the positive is 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 one thing that you can do so yeah many companies have uh, 100 reviews come in at one restaurant let's say and two of them are shocking you know hate the food hate this hate that Mm -hmm. and that's where they focus instead of on the 98 that said it was great now the two that were were bagging the place were probably competitors jealous of your success so (laughs) don't focus on them you say look you can't please all the people all the time what I do is focus on trying to please most of the people most of the time. And and that strategy is always better than uh, than losing your head on the couple of people that criticise you. Let, yeah, have yeah. a look to see if the criticism is valid and then do something about it. But if it's uh, not, then ignore it. I have this saying that and why my mental health is great and I hear a lot of things about mental health nowadays and I can't work it out. But for me, if I'm faced with a problem, I ask myself, what is the solution? So instead of moaning about it and complaining about it and blaming somebody, I say, what solution can I come up with to solve this issue? Now, if I can't find a solution, then my strategy is to ignore it. Mm-hmm. Because if I can't change it or if I can't solve it, then there's no point worrying about it. I may as well forget about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's impossible to satisfy everyone. It's better to find your uh, clients. And, you know, uh, I have, uh, you know, uh, experience from my family when my wife told me we uh, won't go to this hotel. I ask why? Because uh, I open uh, reviews about this hotel, uh, a thousand uh, positive reviews and a few uh, negative ones. But you can click to read only negative reviews and she <laughs> read I don't know way, no way. Just read it. If you only focused reviews. on negative reviews, you would never spend money anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, customers um, uh, trust more brands if they have reviews from 3.5 to 4.5. That means uh, they don't care if you have only positive reviews because it's not trustworthy. You know? <laughs> Correct. You, you, yeah, you can convince people that you have only positive reviews. That's normal. When you have some negative reviews, uh, you can learn from them or skip them if you can't fix it. Yeah, I, yep. I agree with this insight. Okay. Go, go, Google some of the biggest companies in the world. Google HSBC and look at their reviews. They've got like 3,000, uh, sorry, 3.2 million reviews on TripAdvisor or on uh, on Trustist or one of those platforms, and their ratings about less than one. So, you know, if you if you uh, if you uh, excuse me for that, okay. uh, if you looked at the reviews from platforms, as I say, you wouldn't do business with anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, but you know, I, I agree with you about uh, learning from some reviews, uh, even negative. Uh, for example, Bill Gates uh, told that um, negative reviews uh, are the best your uh, asset, what you need to fix and develop. Uh, for example, Elon Musk uh, learned uh, usually learn from uh, learns from friends. You know, uh, when uh, he asks his friends because they are enthusiast uh, in most cases and they can share some tips. But when you learn from people without good education, probably they are not your clients. You can't satisfy everyone. Yeah, I yeah. completely agree. Okay, tell more about your book because you told me that uh, your book is coming. It's interesting to learn uh, what kind of book, what uh, what's the goal of your book and uh, who will be your reader. So uh, hopefully the reader is going to be a business owner that uh, mm-hmm. and and is going to learn from some of the 
some of the mistakes and some of the joys that I've had over 40 odd years of being in business. And, you know, I've uh, sold businesses and I've floated businesses and, and exited uh, very successfully on a couple of occasions. Um, so it, it's going to be called Business Blunders and Bloody Good Ideas. Mm. And, and uh, uh, so it's going to focus on some of the mistakes that people make, like I gave you with the example with the restaurant previously, but also some of the strategies that I would put in place to find as solutions to some of those problems. And so it's uh, littered with nuggets. I've got over a hundred nuggets from uh, business, uh, famous business people and very well-known business people from all over the world that I've met over the last 40 years of being in business. Um, so they're sharing little, little uh, nuggets. I've got some case studies in there. I've got some Johnisms, and I've got s- some practical insights into the mistakes that I made and the solutions that I came up with, um, the mistakes that continued to be mistakes and why, um, the the uh, the opportunities that I created out of it. So it's it's just a it's a sharing of my life uh, on on how I made mistakes, but also how I made a did a few things correct in the in the course of the journey as well. <laughs> uh, I think uh, in life people make a lot of mistakes, and but it's the best learning. Uh, I, I don't. I have know a saying, pe- Anatoly. Yeah. It says, and, and particularly come back to staff. Show me a person that never makes a mistake, and you show me a person I never want to work with. Show me yeah. a person that makes the same mistake over and over again, and show me a person I never want to work with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, yes, uh, I think that it's better to learn from failures, uh, from mistakes. You know, uh, I remember when um, I lost my first company in 2008. That was financial company, and uh, I lost all my investments uh, in one day. And uh, but you know, that was a good experience. You know, to learn uh, that uh, things. Um, uh, not always good, you know, sometimes you need uh, to uh, be ready. And uh, I've learned from them that I need to have some uh, funds. Uh, I don't need to take many loans in uh, debts. And um, uh, in 2013, I lost my uh, second business after Ukrainian revolution. But, you know, um, uh, luckily I had experience that uh, I don't need to have any loans, uh, funds. And uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, I... Um, when I was young, I regretted a lot about these failures, how I can do it, why I didn't count them. But, you know, uh, I think that uh, all your decisions are the best in uh, that time. You, you can change them. You have no uh, time machine, you know, to come back to, to fix them, but you can learn from them. And life is short to regret. It's better to be happy, you know, and go ahead. Uh, yeah. Okay. I have the last question. Uh, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, find you, learn more about you. Okay, so uh, John Attridge, my name. You should be able to find me on LinkedIn. And uh, if uh, all my contact details are on there or my website, which is BBX, uh, like the sign up in the background there, yeah, <laughs> uh, with a UK.com. Cool, cool. Okay, guys, you can find all these links uh, in the description below. Uh, listen us uh, on uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you prefer more. Uh, reach out to John, ask his questions, uh, wait for, for his book. You know, yeah, I will share this book when I have it. And uh, see you next time. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. 
Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.